Welcome everyone to Detest This, a podcast by Detester Magazine, a youth-led platform that strives to amplify BIPOC activism through creative expression led by your hosts, Sophia and Alyssa. Visit our website, detester.org, for publication updates, follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more at Detester Magazine to support our latest work. This is a podcast focusing on international youth, specifically geared towards the voices of people of color all around the globe. We aim to provide the platform for fresh, urgent voices in order to push forth untraditional, multicultural, intersectional ideas and experiences. We will give you some things to the test, and maybe some things you shouldn't. On May 2nd, the Israeli government ordered six families within the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah to make way for Jewish settlers. This sparked a worldwide reckoning known as the Sheikh Jarrah movement. Today, we will be discussing and breaking down the essence of what has happened and what is happening now. Firstly, on a summary of Zionism and the origins of Zionism. For those of you who don't know, it is a religious and political ideology in which Judaism is viewed as a nationality as well as a religion. At its core, Zionists believe that Jewish people deserve their home, own homeland in Israel. Modern Zionism, aka the current beliefs of the Zionist movement, began in the 19th century where there was a surge of nationalism. Theodor Herzl, an Austrian Jew, was considered the founder of Zionism, who in the late 1800s formed the Zionist organization and urged Jewish immigration to Palestine in an effort to form a Jewish state. Zionism traces their origins back to the Bible, where figures like David and Solomon resided in Palestine and had kingdoms. The reason why Zionism is called Zionism, since one of the hills of ancient Jerusalem is called Zion. Oh, that's so cool. Zionism is so important because its premise provides them with a home after being oppressed for centuries. So, with the Palestines being on the land, how did the state of Israel come to form? Well, that's actually a long story, so let's go back to its very roots. Right after World War I, after the disassemblement of the Ottoman Empire, the League of Nations was charged with transferring control of its territories to countries who basically won the war, of which we can mention Britain, France, Belgium, and Australia. And that's exactly when the British were granted control over modern-day Jordan, as well as Palestinian territories. But it's also really important to mention that that same League of Nations called the British for the establishment of a Jewish homeland, facilitating Jewish immigration and encouraging Jewish settlement on the land. But then, um, growing Jewish-Arab violence and attacks on personnel by some Jewish extremists led Britain to announce that it sought to end its mandate of the area. In the spring of 1947, the question of sovereignty over Palestine was referred to the United Nations. And this is kind of when it all started. The UN recommended the partition of Palestine into two states, one Jewish and one Arab, in which the Jews accepted, but the Palestinians rejected. Oh my God. That must have been a very tense situation. 
What happened next? Yeah, tense to say the very least. The thing is, while the British mandate was still going on, the Jews thought a step ahead and started to form political and leadership parties. And when the British terminated their mandate over Palestine in May 48, it was one of the same political parties that proclaimed the creation of the state Israel, with Ben-Gurion becoming their first prime minister. The day after, the U.S. recognized the state of Israel and the Soviet Union soon followed suit. When Sophie, this is when it all started, she meant to address all of the violence that pushed this big event, both from the Arab and the Jewish sides. The first demonstrations were the reactions to the creation of the state, the Arab-Israeli war, and 700,000 Palestinians were forced to flee, followed by the Suez War, the Six-Day War, and the Yom Kippur War. Multiple intifadas also happened, which we can basically describe as a Palestinian uprising against Israeli rule that was causing growing apartheid, segregation, settlements in Palestinian territories, a lack of social justice, the list goes on. Currently, the situation between Palestine and Israel is extremely tense. The two governments have had a simmering relationship ever since Israel's statehood, which dates back to almost 100 years ago, but over the past few weeks, it has come to a raising boil. There are certain events that caused such buildup. Forced expulsion is nothing new, with such events dating all the way back to 1972. Sheikh Jarrah, which is a neighborhood situated in East Jerusalem and 1.2 miles from the old city. The court ruling, which was administered in October, has faced confrontation from Palestinians living in that region or just Palestinians in general. Notably, this led to a massive gathering on the May 7th, just five days after the expulsion. Tens of thousands of Muslim worshippers filled the Al-Asqa Mosque compound, Islam's third holiest site, to pray on the final day of Ramadan, with many staying on to protest against the recent expulsions. From there, police brutality increased exponentially as Israeli priest forces used tactics such as spraying skunk water, a chemically enhanced type of sewage water, and physically assaulting residents and solidarity protesters. Tear gas had been used on both residents of the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood and solidarity protests. In total, the week of explosions and brutal violence led to over 205 Palestinians and 17 Israeli officers wounded. All of these protests have largely started in May and have lasted up, uh, up until today with no means of stopping. The situation worsened not long after May 5th with the Israeli government leading an offensive that led to bombing on Palestine. Armed groups side near the Gaza Strip along with airstrikes uh, and rockets. Here are the latest statistic numbers. The Israeli onslaught killed at least 257 Palestinians. 13 people were killed in Israel, including two children. The Israeli attacks also destroyed 1,148 housing and commercial units in Gaza and partially damaged over 15,000 others, leaving more than 100,000 civilians displaced and UN-run schools and other hosting communities. The situation is tense on the outside, but for those 
before I save them a town, it's their lives. We've assembled a few voices around the issue and their own personal experiences. From an Israeli point, point of view, Robbie Damelin is a Jewish Israeli who joined Karen's circle after her 28-year-old son David was killed by a Palestinian sniper in 2002. She says in a cry for peace, Please don't think I've now become a Palestinian, she says. I'm an Israeli. I love this country, but I want us to live in a moral country, and I want the Palestinians to have a free state of their own. From another point of view, Sabah, a 72-year-old Palestinian resident, shares a campon with his four brothers on the hill in Shesharah's eastern section. When he was asked to comment on recent events, he said, I can't begin to explain to you the kind of stress we've been living under, he says. Asked when he would go if the Supreme Court upholds the eviction order, Sabah says, we will set up camp in the streets right in front of our homes. We were sitting out there on the patio when I heard lots of noise, he recounts. I went out to see what was going on and the soldiers began beating me. They also threw smoke bombs. He points to his elderly pajama clad father seated in the corner of the patio he was talking about. He says, my dad was there too. He wasn't able to breathe, he was choking. These stories are brutal and it's important to truly understand just how heavily these innocents are impacted. But how do all of these things impact social situations on the ground? With the forced expulsions, the hashtag Save Sheikh Jarrah movement took a flight, which drew a lot of Israeli backlash. Social media skyrocketed the movement, and the issue has been gar- uh, garnering heavy attention ever since. People on both sides are being killed to a horrifying extent. More so on Palestine. Airstrikes conducted to date, and over 250 casualties, with 66 of them children. Furthermore, a solution or ceasefire is unlikely when you look back on recent and pivotal events. For example, the prompting of the full blown conflict came from the afternoon of the 10th of May when Hamas gave Israel an ultimatum to withdraw security forces from the Temple Mount complex in Sheshra by 6 p.m., otherwise there would be consequences. When the ultimatum expired without a response, both Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad launched rockets towards each other. Calls for a ceasefire were first proposed on 13th of May by Hamas, but rejected by the former Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. On the 18th of May, France, along with Egypt and Jordan, announced the filing of a United Nations Security Council resolution for a ceasefire. A ceasefire between Israel and Hamas came into effect on the 21st of May, 2021, ending 11 days of fighting with both sides claiming victory. And you can guess how that ended. On the 16th of June, Incendiary balloons, or balloons made to catch fire, were launched by Hamas into Israel, which the Israeli Air Force responded to with multiple airstrikes in the Gaza Strip, causing fighting to resume once again. Hundreds of Palestinian infrastructures, including manuals such as the Pepsi bottling, leaving many jobless. Pepsi Gaza's Hamam al-Yajizi says, Yesterday we completely ran out of material. 
you need to have to shut down your factory, sending so home as well. Hello? So, what about the current situation? Are things looking up? I'm sure you've all heard of the Sheikh Jarrah human rights violations through social media. Well, let us tell you more about them. Shishra is a predominantly Palestinian neighborhood in East Jerusalem. The neighborhood houses many Palestinian families that survived ethnic cleansing during the years, but who unfortunately don't have ownership of the land as Israeli illegally occupies East Jerusalem. Right now, what's concerning is that these Arab families in Sheikh Jarrah are being expelled from their own homes, which are taken by Israeli settlers, pushing very far the ethnic cleansing. Worse, these Palestinian families are left homeless in, their, in the streets without shelter. Yes, Sheshra is a strategic location that will allow Israeli control over Jerusalem to grow. It is one of the last fronts resisting colonization today. If Sheshra falls to full Israeli settlement and control, surrounding neighborhoods may fall too. It's sickening. Israeli settlers are allowed to roam the streets of Sheikh Shadrach while armed, making sexual gestures at the said Palestinian families, promising rape, according to Muhammad Al-Qurd, a writer currently residing in Sheikh Jarrah. Dozens of Palestinians have and continue to be arrested. Moreover, Israeli instigated violence has not spared children. For example, Israeli forces shot and killed a 16-year-old Palestinian, said Youssef Mohammed Odeh south of Nablus in the southern and the northern occupied West Bank. His friend, who approached to help Said as he was hit with live ammunition, was also shot. Said was then prevented from attaining medical attention for 15 minutes, according to the Defense for Children International Palestine. He is the second child to have been murdered by Israeli forces in 2021, following the killing of the 17-year-old Atala Mohammed Rayan, on January 26. And these aren't the only human rights violations. For example, on May 5th, the Israelis have also struck fire on worshippers at Al-Aqsa Mosque during Ramadan, killing and wounding hundreds. And yet, these expulsions and violence all have one purpose, to create a Jewish majority, not just in East Jerusalem, but across Israeli-Palestine by developing segregated Jewish-only settlements. This is furthering de facto annexation. As mentioned earlier, the U.S. already supplies Israel billions of U.S. dollars, but it is not alone in its support of Israel. Most Western countries and key Arab countries' support of Israel as an occupying power has led to this. Despite instances of these same countries telling Israel to calm down the occupying forces to maintain peace, these words have done nothing in the face of brutality that the Palestinians endure every day. In fact, it has always supported violence, genocide, and ethnic cleansing against Palestinians. So, what exactly did the international reactions to Shaysara look like? Most notably, on the May 10th, U.S. opposition blocked a U.N. Security Council statement on the violence in Jerusalem. You might have seen public outrage on social media with dozens of postings calling out the U.S.'s actions and demanding change. 
The current president of the United States, Joe Biden, has stayed in silent support of Israel, condemning them for airstrikes and warning to withdraw some support if the evictions continue to happen. Recently, a spokesperson for the Biden administration said that the U.S. would provide $5.5 million in immediate disaster assistance for Gaza and $32 million for the emergency appeal by the U.N. Agency for Palestinian Refugees. But this aid seems far too late, and I'm sure they truly have good intent. However, on a good note, more international pressure seems to be coming forth for Palestinian support. The European Union has called on both sides to de-escalate tensions and reiterated violence and incitement are unacceptable and the perpetrators on all sides must be held accountable. The Arab League's, Ch- League's Secretary-General, Ahmed Abu Ghraib, condemned Israeli airstrikes on Gaza as indiscriminate and irresponsible, which at its very least can be seen as a step forward. Agreed. In all, most nations are remaining at an arm's length on the situation, choosing to condemn Israel and urge both parties to find an agreement, which leaves Palestinians in a pretty precarious position. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we hope we expanded your perceptions on the current situation in Palestine and Israel. Do more personal research, for not only is the topic pressing, but also extremely interesting and important for current events today. And if you find yourself in a position where you'd want to help with the Palestinian cause, we welcome you to donate to organizations such as the Medical Aid for Palestinians, Action Aid, or Al-Mustafa Welfare Trust. You could also consider joining the BDS movement, which calls for a boycott of Israeli products. Don't forget to follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and more at Detester Magazine, and our website at Detester.org to learn more about issues affecting BIPOC communities and meet inspiring BIPOC creators.